Hello, and a welcome back to the Mass Singer Rehab Ups podcast. We are here to talk about Group B, the finale. Uh, we now know who the three from this group going into Super 9 are. And next week, we will be talking all Group C, and that should be an exciting time. But for today, we're going to talk about the ridiculous stuff that went down with the Final Four, the championships of the Group B. I am your host, Puya the Grilled Cheese and Vakili. And as always, not alone here. Always got a partner in crime, ready to break down some nonsense, ready to fanboy about some people and be ops with others. We have Liana the Baguette Boris. Liana, how are you doing today? Who am I fangirling over? T-Pain. T-Pain! Oh my god. Oh my god. I'm so excited to fangirl over T-Pain. I love T-Pain. T-Pain was amazing in this episode, too. I'm starting to put together what my panel would be. It currently consists of Jamie Foxx and (laughs) T-Pain. And two others to be determined. I think T-Pain was the best uh, guest judge for me. Oh my gosh. T-Pain was amazing. Also, by the way, before we get into everything, uh, which uh, we absolutely have to, the stuffed animal that T-Pain was holding at the beginning. I also have that stuffed animal of T-Pain. There is a woman. She is love and a sandwich is her handle name. She's on Instagram. She makes all of these plushies for, I mean, mostly just like other creatures it's just monsters it's yeah just monsters, she makes all yeah. these monsters but she has she made the monster one which is a custom made monster that they had on the tv show the mass singer it was so cool i looked back at my little monster that sits in my bed because yes i'm a weirdo i was like you're on tv buddy it was so cool i'm so mad that they didn't shout her out so love and a sandwich go check out her work it's really cool she's awesome ships super quick all around amazing oh my gosh t-pain wow yeah um i noticed that too and i found it a little funny that they're trying to push the shop on us, but then they outsource their plushy needs to the um, person on Instagram who I've seen her work. It's incredible how much uh, detail is put into these things. But note to all of you mass Singer folk, set up the plushies in the shop. It is not that hard and it would go for a lot. Yeah, exactly. And even if, okay, so you could take the design from her and try to mass produce them or direct to her shop. If you're going to have her creation on the show, put it in your freaking shop. Just a link. That's all you have to do. Oh, a link to her Instagram, a link to her Etsy. Anyway, she's amazing and deserves all the credit in the world. Yes, she does. And um, if you could um, put it on your Twitter at some point as well, so other people can find it. Okay. So Group B Championships. We're going to go down from four to three. Last time we had a championships, we were not so happy with the results. But the show opens up with we get a little bit of a fun look at what the performers are doing leading up to the show. There's people lined up at a taco truck with taco there. The frog is leaving bouquets of flowers behind Jenny and Nicole's trailer doors. The kitty's getting groomed and then being fed milk in a saucer by the Secret Service members which was odd, but then the bananas having like a soul high trip in his trailer, just raging on, um, on his own, which is very on brand for the banana. 
But uh, those are the people that we are going to be dealing with. How did did this opening sequence hype you up? Okay, a few things. First of all, did I pause the banana partying in his trailer to look for drug paraphernalia? Yes, I did. I did not and, see any. However, uh, I did see some bananas on the sink. I don't. I, did too. I don't know what that means. Also, the frog was clearly bribing the judges with flowers. So I don't know. I think somebody needs to look into that because there could be some shady business going on. <laughs> you think the frog is buying votes from the panel? <laughs> yeah, I think so. With flowers, it was clearly dropping flowers off for Jenny and Nicole. Sure, that was the other one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So. Uh, without any further ado, Nick Cannon comes out in his all-white ensemble with his bedazzled cape and his obnoxiously bedazzled shoes, um, which he said had the drip later. I sincerely disagree, but, you know, to each their own. Okay, maybe you can explain. I don't remember Phil T's Renap appearance super well, but I thought to have the drip means you have, di- like, it's covered in diamonds, right? So no, he's no, got you're styling. You're styling. He's styling. Yeah, I disagree. I don't think it's styling. Oh, you don't think it's styling? You know those shoes no. are worth two million dollars. Doesn't matter. You can throw. You can. You know. You can dress up a. Oh, I, half the things I want to say are like expletives. Um, you can. Okay, what's the say? Oh, you can put pi- uh, lipstick on a pig, and it's still a pig. So, but it, know, it would can, be that would be the next character for the mass singer, the lipstick pig. The lipstick pig. Oh my god! You know what's super cute? Teacup pigs. There's pig. But have you ever seen a teacup pig? They're I so have. adorable. They are, but if you make an enlarged version of it, like you know, <laughs> um, what's it called? The villains in the Power Rangers expanding into big humans. Like, I don't think the teacup pig will look as nice as a teacup pig looks. I think the size matters in that context. Well, size doesn't matter. Does uh do you think that the teacup pig is cute because it is just small in size or do you think that it's the ratio of its features that make it cute? Cuz you know how babies and kids have really big eyes and really big heads because the way that our bodies grow, we grow disproportionately. So different parts of our body grow bigger than others as we grow up anyway and part of that is then that's why that's why like kittens are cute because they have really big eyes and it's like oh little things are supposed to be cute because you need biologically you need to be able to take care of them it was it's evolution right because you're like oh i need to take care of this little thing that like yells at me all the time and just eats and poops and does nothing else there needs to be a reason why you love it it's because it has big eyes oh maybe that's why monster's so cute it's got one old big eye was this a question initially and then it became like your stand-up comedy routine? You asked me something in the middle there, right? Oh my gosh. Speaking of stand-up comedy routines. So you know the song uh, American Pie by Don McLean? No. You don't? Oh my gosh. Can it's you sing so, a bit of it? Um, it's, it goes, it's like, bye-bye, Miss American Pie. Drove the Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. I need to what in like what key is it or like what's the rhythm? I need to catch the rhythm. Okay, if this is bad, can you cut this? Sure. <laughs> okay. Okay. Bye bye, Miss American yes, Pie. Yes, Okay, so okay. that song. Okay, so everybody talks about how long that song is. It's like, oh, haha, that song's really long. Never do it as karaoke. It should be banned from all karaoke bars. I was listening to oldies today based actually off of the songs that we're going to talk about later. 
And that song came up. So I was listening to an oldie station. It was like Elvis, the Beatles. Okay, fine. We're doing well. Then that song pops up. It is so freaking long. Like, like long? They, It is Eight no minutes? joke. I don't know, but it's really, really long. I left the room to go do other stuff, came back, and it's still going on. It should be banned. Who let Don McLean write a song that long? They should but, be fired. Okay, so if do you like the song? Well, it's fun for the first, like, two minutes. Well, maybe that's a, your personal, like, you like songs that are shorter, but then there are long songs. And, like, if you like a song, why does the length matter? It, well, length <laughs> length doesn't matter. Um, wait, hold on. Why do you keep saying that? I don't know what you're talking about. <clears throat> it's really long. It's eight <laughs> minutes and 32 seconds. Yeah, well, that does sound exhausting. So it I agree, is. don't have it in karaoke, but don't ban the song. It should be banned. Why? The Weird Al version can stay. <laughs> is the okay, Weird Al fine, version okay, as you know long? What? We, this is completely, we're not, we haven't even talked about anything, I feel like. I mean, that's, I need to get to the bottom of this. You're, oh. you have problems with lengthy songs. I just, that song in particular is very long. Okay. Well. To answer the question you said before you offset into this um, big, big speech about songs and stand-up, which I don't know how you segue stand-up into this, but the teacup pig is cute because of its size being small and because of the proportions of the ratios of the body parts of the teacup pig. Therefore, having both of those be bigger, I think, would take away from the appeal of a teacup pig as a performer. And then yes, Nick Cannon doesn't have the drip just because his shoes are expensive. Doesn't mean that's styling. Okay. Sounds good. You just, you agree. I'm trying to tweet still. I got sidetracked by complaining about Don McLean. How? Okay. Okay. Well, I will keep going then. So, okay. The monster is revealed, obviously. Okay, so we need to stop yelling, take it off when there's no mask. I mean, last time I was like, okay, well, you know, (laughs) he's hiding behind the mask. He was hiding behind a plushie, and we saw that it was going to be him before we saw him without the plushie. So, again, they need to figure that out. That's a flaw in their editing. And the plushie, we've talked about at length, is a third-party plushie that is great. And uh, we will be Liana's literally spent 15 minutes trying to tweet this out. So I'm, I know people are going to see it. That's great. And then um, they all all the performers get together because the theme of this episode is friendship and BFFing. Um, and all the four performers get on stage and do a rendition of Larger Than Life by the Backstreet Boys. Liana, how did you feel about this? Keeping in mind that I know exactly how you felt about the last one. How did you feel about this group performance? I really liked this group performance. I thought that it was fun to see group performance again. And I love the song Larger Than Life by the Backstreet Boys. And everybody actually got to sing. So I think that that was that was a plus. Oh, and we got all the clues. Bonus clues. The tacos clue was the only one that I think made sense, especially given the fact that it was Tom Bergeron. I've enjoyed a lot of salsas, Dancing with the Stars. Boom. Not exactly sure what's more inspiring than doing laundry and what that has to do with Anything the banana. Else. But maybe one to everything else is more inspiring than doing laundry. Yeah. It's weird that it was what's more inspiring 
than doing laundry. Not just like what's better than doing laundry. What's more inspiring than doing laundry? Yes. It's could weird it be, phrasing. I don't know, but there's some there's something to it. I so just like, don't know what it is. Could it be like a laundry list of things and then we go into like bucket list? Could this be someone who's like known for being an adventurer and you know does things that are on people's bucket list or you know something of that sort? What does that have to do with laundry? Because laundry's in buckets? No, because it's a laundry <laughs> list of things. A laundry list inspiring and doing your laundry list of bucket list things. Yeah, it's like, you know. I so. mean, <laughs> it's a stretch, but to be fair, the Mass Singer is pulled worse, so For <laughs> it could be right. Sure. Yeah, and then the kitty's clue is I'm here to seal the deal, and I think the emphasis should be on seal. Now, how does that connect? I'm not sure, but I we got to start thinking of seals like circle. Who does seal know? Who's seal brushed? Who's done a collab with seal? I think seal has a big part in this one. You think actual like actual seal? It's got to be because there's no like other seal that we know of here. Like there's like, OK, so the presidential seal, there's like a seal of approval. Um, Seal the animal. What if, Maybe what, like what if it's like let's make a deal? Like what if it actually doesn't have anything to do with seal? No. What if it's about making a deal? I don't I don't I focused on seal. I thought it was odd to say seal. I think it's let's make a deal, and this is also Wayne Brady. Huh? No. Uh? No. As much as I love Kitty mm-hmm. and I'm rooting for Kitty, Kitty is not Wayne Brady. None of the clues add up to Wayne Brady. And these clues actually threw, confused me more. And I feel like this is the first time ever for me where a person could be 18 different people. So we'll get there when we get there. But Kitty's an odd one. And then Frog said, I've opened the door for bigger artists, which for me makes sense, given that I believe it's Bow Wow. So mm-hmm. Bow Wow was a youngin. He was, you know, here and there around the bigger artist work during his infancy and then he became bigger and he kind of still played that role so that makes sense for the frog yes okay so as we said we're going to be talking about the bffs this week it's all about the best friends and the clue packages are going to be explained to us from the singer's closest friends and with no further ado we jumped into the kitty's clue package liana I have so many questions for you, but I almost want to save it and just let you start talking about this, and then we'll just hit them as we go along. So what did okay. you think? First of all, I just hit tweet on my tweet, so now that's done. So now I can focus on her friend, who was... Yes? Go on. Okay. Who was her BFF? Who was, I loved the Cousin It comparison. I thought T-Pain put a very good spin on who this could be based on the way he saw the clues, actually. Watching T-Pain put the clues together was so fun. It was like watching somebody have that epiphany, that aha moment in real time as he was putting everything together. I can't say whether or not he's correct. I, I also, there were a lot of other parts to this. The Fabergé egg. I don't know what that had to do with anything. The weird focus on the Christmas lights. I have no idea what to make of this. They seem so random. I don't know if they're red herrings or if they are actually clues. 
Yeah, that's what I mean by there's a lot of different ways you can take her clues and go with them. It was like a forest. There was also a focus on candles, which made me feel like Beauty and the Beast was involved somehow. Um, mm-hmm. Because I couldn't link anything else to the candles in my head. And then the ghost thing that T-Pain put together was a thing that was mentioned. Um, the Fabergé egg. Like, there's honestly, there's so many different ways this could go. So I am not sure at all where this is going to go. Um, but yeah, so this green Rapunzel looking person is the friend and they talk about how the kitty didn't have a ton of friends and was bullied for being weird. And then at the end, they kind of talk about how one day in class, she said she could see ghosts and freaked everyone out and got their attention. So I, uh, I don't know. I really don't. I have no idea who the kitty could be. I still think that, you know, if we go through the, okay, so here's the movies that we can go through. To figure out it could be someone in one of these movies or shows. Handmaid's Tale, Little Red Riding Hood, um, uh, Forest, so like Harry Potter could be one maybe, Beauty and the Beast could be one maybe, um, Into the Woods. Like there's so many like foresty wood movies, George of the Jungle, I don't know. But look through all these movies and come up with your list of 18, it could be one of them. Do you think the directing horror movies was just, oh, she made horror movies when she was a kid? Or do you think that she actually now is a director as an adult? See, I don't know, because they they specified as kids. So I don't know if that means when they were children or at the start of their career, like they kind of both got into the acting scene by doing that and then like ended up in bigger things. I'm not sure. Mm, yeah, I'm not sure either. And I I don't know if the Christina Ritchie guess is right, but it definitely fits with all the clues. Props to T-Pain for that. Yeah, it does. I would have never even seen that or thought of that. So spot on. So then we get into the performance and it's a rendition of Mama's Broken Heart by Miranda Lambert. How did you feel about this? I love this song so much. So I I heard it from the the first couple notes. And I will say that it was a good performance. I don't think it was the best that the kitty's done so far. And I think because I really, really know that song and I know how Miranda Lambert performs that song. And I'm super partial to her because Miranda Lambert has such fine control over the way that she shapes her words when she sings she's not known for being this big ballad you know strongest voice but she has such unique sound she's so good she's such a good writer i love Rand lambert anyway so it was a little disappointing but the backup dancers that look like the skunks i guess and then you had the bandana wearing others that was very bizarre also the cat's mouth is always open has it always been that way yeah okay for some reason in this song it looked weird so how did you see skunks when they're clearly cats wearing top hats (laughs) i saw skunks Okay, I'm just telling you what i see okay look i don't make the news i just report it okay and that's what i saw well, I, I thought that the kitty has good style. I did enjoy the old timey saloon background motif thing going on. Um, the cats did have top hats and the backup dancers were indeed sexy again. So that was very odd to digest. And the two cowboy vigilante dancers were like wearing pink cowboy hats, bandanas, boots. And then but they had these like cow print chaps 
which I wasn't particularly fond of. But <laughs> not, not a fan of chaps or not a fan of the print? Uh, the print, mostly. It just okay, didn't so fit cool with, with everything chaps. else being pink. So, mm. yeah, that, that was a qualm. But otherwise, it was it was fun. It was a good opener to the show. The audience seemed to like it. And again, the kitty has good presence, good performance. And this was, I agree, not my favorite of the three performances we've seen. But this was one that made me feel that the kitty's spot in the final Super 9 is safe. What did you think about... I think it was Nicole who said, oh, we'll definitely see you in the final nine. Yeah, I am. Um, there's another part that I'm going to talk about the the way we're getting to these votes of like leading the audience into feeling a certain way or deciding a certain way. I don't quite enjoy that. Mm. I think the judges have seen all of the performances. So maybe if a performer has a weaker week, <laughs> then that can maybe help boost the performer a little bit. But yeah, I had the exact same thought. Like, shut up. <laughs> Let the audience make their own decision. But actually, I got a very detailed description from someone who was in the audience of this particular filming and said that uh, it was very hard to hear the best vocal performance may not always be rewarded since nobody really sounds that great from the audience also it may have been two hours from when you heard the first performance to voting so the razzle dazzle aspect is what really sticks out in people's heads uh, so that was particularly interesting and so I wonder how the judging would also influence and uh, yeah so that was very interesting I mean, I remember some a wise person once said on this podcast that they're here for the razzle dazzle and they got laughed at. So it feels very good to know that that's what matters more. That's what matters to the audience in the the room. Yeah, they're the ones voting. Sure. The winner is determined by the razzle dazzle. Yeah, well, apparently that's the way that it happens to be in this particular circumstance. That doesn't mean it's fair. Well. Bear it's called the mass singer, not the mass dancer. Aren't they doing the mass dancer? Yeah, we're. I don't want to talk about that show. Oh, okay, <laughs> but no. I mean, again, I, we can't rehash this. But it's an all like the mass singer. No, I get it. I get it. Yeah. I get it. Look, I, I agree. And we've talked about the razzle dazzle, so no need to relitigate. Yes. So I win. Okay. Cool. Um. So then, uh, this uh, what's it called? So this episode. They had friendship bracelets to give to the panel, which is similar to, I want to say it was Valentine's Day cards that they had before that we've seen happen. Yeah. So this happened and the kitty gave a friendship bracelet to Robin Thicke and it said fireworks on it outside of Katy Perry, because we both know it's not Katy Perry. That would be insane. Did this clue help you any? Nope, because the first time we met, it was lit, apparently, when Robin and the kitty met. I I have no idea what that means. There's so many different interpretations. It could mean something was on fire. Perhaps they were in a building that was on fire together. They could have been at a party drinking and it was lit. You really have no idea. It's open to... um, You can read whatever you want into it. I mean, let's think about what... the tacos was which was kiss and it ended up being that he she did a perfect 10 score dance on the show to a kiss song so 
Following that logic, fireworks. Was it at a new? Was it like at a like New Year's Rockin' Eve type show where it was right on New Year's Eve and before the fireworks happened? Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. So, like, could that be a thing? So then maybe like we look into appearances there and see if that's something we find, or is it a situation where they were at a Katy Perry concert together? Or I don't know. We'll see. I don't see why we're discounting my burning building theory. That's dark. <laughs> okay, but they both lived. Clearly. What if they're the only two survivors? That's morbid. You thought of that. Did I say that anybody died? I just said a building was on fire. Again. Which I get now. I hear myself say that. Okay. But still, I didn't say anybody died. I mean, you didn't, but oh there, my God. there are connotations that come with burning buildings, and they're not positive ones. Speaking no of... No one says that Oh my god, gang, this building is lit. No, seriously, it's lit on fire. Let's leave. Like, that doesn't happen. Dude, we had a fire in our building. Was it lit? Like, two days ago. Yeah, it was lit. Literally, the building was lit. Literally. Yeah. Okay, but speaking of being uh, morbid and sad, the large cutout of Ken's head. Can we talk about that? Yeah, sure. Okay, it was garbage. It was terrifying. Why was it so big? Why did it need to be so big? And why did it only come out once? I felt like then you have to have ones of other ones. Why did this exist? I just have so many questions. I think it's appropriate that only his head was made. Um, I think, you know, as much as we bag on him, he is the only one of the judges that A, has enough stupid one-liners that you could mock him with, and B, would be funny to do and C would probably have the best reaction to make being made fun of. So I think that was good. We did see it a couple times. Um, and I thought Jenny did a good job with it. I think Robin could have done well with it too, but Jenny seems like the only person who was controlling that, uh, the Ken head. <laughs> the Ken head. <laughs> yeah. That's a phrase I really wish I'd never heard. <laughs> could be worse. Um, so as far as the judges guesses went, we had, a Haley Duff guest by Jenny McCarthy. And we found out that the kitty is flattered at the guesses that she's been getting, which makes me think that the kitty might not be like a top tier celeb. Like I could see this being like on the rumor Willis level of celebrity. Yeah, I could see that too. I also like to really listen to those little confessionals because I think that they're filmed or at least what I would guess is sort of right after they perform. Mm. And so I think that you are truly getting what the performer is thinking. And so you can kind of read into what their my their headspace is and how they're feeling and how they're thinking. And to your point, it's probably somebody who's not a superstar, because otherwise, why would you say something like that? Right. Or not a professional singer, at least. Yeah, at the very least. I mean, if we think about like a Haley Duff guess, a Christina Ricci guess, like I I would say this is a lower tier celeb, but um whoever it is, they've got a good shot of winning this thing. So I think it's someone who's younger too, because I think that if you look up to people like Haley Duff, right, that then that that is such a huge compliment to be compared to her. That's true. I do think whoever the kitty is is skewing younger. Like, probably like 24 and under is my guess. I think anybody in their 20s, I could see. Okay. Well, we'll find out in about a month when we dive into the Super 9. 
Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Um, but for now, we can uh, roll this up and move on to the next tortilla that is the taco. And the taco's friend that's going to spill the beans, the famous friend. We find out later that this was Bob Saget. Now, why would clams be Bob Saget? Well, I thought it was an entire seafood platter. That's what it looked like. <laughs> it was a three-tiered seafood platter with dry ice on it, so it looked like it was smoking. And then you had him drinking fake whiskey from a glass that didn't have liquid in it. Like, it was clearly a mold and just plastic, because when he tried to tilt it at the end, the liquid did not move. Yeah. Yeah, this is a very weird segment. I mean, I know I was an advocate for the plant person who was um the um uh who was the friend of the kangaroo, I believe. I was an advocate for. I like that. This was just weird. Like, oh this, oh this was weird. The plant was fine, but the seafood platter is technically weird. a living thing. Well, the sea the seafood that's in the platter was a living thing. Not anymore. Well, yeah, but oh, it has to be currently living. So you we're okay. Wait, wait, wait. So no, I have to. No. We have to. Yeah. Mm-hmm, <laughs> yep. 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 We're gonna rank the four friends. Okay, from least weird to weird. Okay. If so, you can remember the four friends. Oh, you mean from this episode? Gotcha. Yeah, from this. Yeah, I was, are you kidding me? I remembering something that happened weeks ago. I can barely remember what I complained about at the beginning of the episode. Oh, Don McLean. Yeah. Okay. So we have Green Rapunzel. Yes. We have Seafood Platter. We mm-hmm. have uh, who is the banana friend? Oh, oh, I thought you remembered these things. <laughs> Does banana not have a friend? No, the banana oh, has the two kids. Li- lovely lady okay. bananas. Yes, the two kid bananas. And then the woman, the invisible woman from the frog. Yes. Okay, what are your rankings? So, I'm going to go from worst to best. Because I think there's a clear worst. And the worst is the clam person. And it then... the seafood platter. It's not a clam person. <laughs> okay, the seafood platter. The soup du jour platter, sea- seafood. <laughs> um, that's the worst. Then I think it's the two banana people, and then I think it's Green Rapunzel. And I actually thought Invisible Woman was pretty fun. I thought Invisible Woman was also pretty normal. She's my least weird for sure. Mm-hmm. I would have to go Invisible Woman, Banana Kids. <laughs> I can't believe is a phrase I just said. The it green Rapunzel lady, and then yes, I agree with you that ta- that seafood platter was the worst. It yeah. was the not the worst. It was the weirdest. Who makes that active choice? Like that was a creative decision that was made, and that thing was made. Why couldn't it be like? Because I mean, link it to the taco. Why is a seafood platter next to the taco? Unlike there's shrimp. Like I feel like there's so many other things I'd go to a taco before I would seafood. What does yeah? Okay, but what does a plant have to do with kangaroos? I guess. Do kangaroos eat plants? They're herbivores. Yeah, okay. But what does Bob Saget have to do with seafood platters? Uh, Let's see. There were shrimp. There were clams. There was whiskey. (laughs) Uh Um, His name is Bob. Um, Belly of... No, I don't know. (laughs) I can't tell you. All I know is it was odd. It was an odd choice. 
Yeah, it was definitely an odd choice. That was that was the weirdest. I that was I think the weirdest of the ones we've seen so far, and I don't even remember the ones from the previous weeks. There were some weird ones there. Okay, but I also don't remember them enough to be able to cite them outside of the plant person. Okay, well here, how about this? The true test will be if in three weeks, when we're getting to meet the next group of whatever's friends, if we can still remember the weird seafood platter, then we know that it was definitely the weirdest. Wasn't the turtles like a shelf of books? <laughs> no, it was a yeah. shelf of books. Yeah, it was nah, a dude. Jordan what? Kalish level bookshelf. And like there were like it was a teacher's table and there was like an award and like a scorpion thing on it. I remember that one. Okay, but, you know what? Okay, all right. I I, I let oh, me look it and, up. And and the white tiger was the weird stripper dartboard guy. <laughs> that was pretty weird. Yeah. Okay. In comparison, this week's episodes were not nearly as weird as episode no. threes. Yeah, they were better. Um, but who's yeah the, the last dartboard? One? No, because didn't they go to the bar and then they did the stripper dance? Yeah, but the guy was a dartboard. Yes, the yeah. bartender. He was a bartending dartboard. Yeah. And they did their magic mic routine at do, the bar. Question for you. where Do you know where that dartboard went to school? Dartmouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cool. Oh, the Miss Monster was the hairstylist. Oh, the, yeah. Nah, just that unoffensive. Was normal. Ineff- yeah, inoffensive. okay. The Turtles was Miss S. It was books, wasn't it? Yeah. My talent is books. <laughs> books? All right. Okay. All right. Let's let's move on. All right. So yeah. So let's see. Just real quick to talk about the I I, my whole note says clam platter. So I'm going to change it to seafood in my head and move on. Um. So we saw a washboard, and then they talked about how the taco is all about the laugh, and we both help people when they get knocked down. Which honestly, that's a big trope in America's Funniest Home Videos was mostly people falling. So. That makes sense. Um, are they called their children little shrimps? Which I thought was I understand the saying, but then you're like a seafood platter, so it was odd. They talked about entertaining America again. We go back. This was America's Funniest Home Videos clue all over. Now I want to talk about the performance because so the scene opens, and I have a bone to pick with you on this one, Liana. Why? Why is the focal point of the tacos dancing background tomatoes? Why is it tomatoes? Yeah. Why is it not tomatoes? Because tomato is not the focal point of the taco. The taco is a focal point of the taco. And I feel like this false narrative put into this show by making us try and believe that the tomatoes belong there as a staple of the taco because of the tomato head and it is not true and i will not stand for this nor will i sit for this do you not put tomatoes in your tacos i it's not like it's like saying oh well there's technically salt on like you know your meats like that doesn't like that's still not like you don't count that tomato is like a small tomato is like if a movie had eight leading actors and actresses and then Jamie Kennedy plays like the valet for three minutes. It's there, but is it important? Okay, now we're going to go through and we're going to rank all of the things that go in tacos and what celebrity they would be compared to. So you're saying the lead is the shell or the meat? 
Uh, what if one it's vegetarian? The beans. Well, I think the shell. The shell's like without the shell, you got nothing to no vehicle for the the innards. Yeah, but you. What do you have against salsa? I. If it was salsa, I'm down. This was tomato. I know tomatoes that tomatoes go in salsa. Yeah, well, avocado, guacamole has avocado. What I'm saying is that if it was a salsa background, but like, yep, totally makes sense. But like, tomatoes not even a main player. Tomatoes in the arena watching everyone else play as a bystander. Do you not like tomatoes? What do tomatoes, tomatoes ever do to you? Nothing. I just think it's a little insane that the tomato plays such a big role in the taco when I know in my heart of hearts that it really doesn't. Puya, I love you and I'm here for you. And if you no. ever want to open up about your traumatic I love tomato tomatoes. experience, you're more than willing to share it to me. <laughs> oh, there is no trauma. I'm okay. so sorry. I feel sorry for you. Don't pity me. I love tomatoes. I Oh, bless you. <laughs> I'm not going to back down. I think it's ridiculous. <laughs> so we can move right. on because now I'm just getting ridiculed and no, I don't no, no. appreciate it. We have to talk about the dancers, the sumo yeah. wrestling inflatable chefs. Yeah, the fat suit chef dancers who like oh. were inflated, but then at points they were like deflated and then reflated. Where can I find this costume? I want to go as this for Halloween. The, really? Yeah, I want to be inflato chef. Why? <laughs> I don't know, because it's so weird. This was so weird. Why did they have to be inflated? I know that you're taking umbrage with the t the tomatoes in the background, but my God, I think you really have to take umbrage with why the chefs had to be inflated. Why? Isn't one of the things they say, or I don't know who says, but I feel like I've read or heard or seen somewhere, or like if a chef is heavy set then you know they're making the food with love. So maybe yeah. they wanted us to love the taco and it was supposed so, to be subliminal messaging. The phrase is never trust a thin chef or a skinny chef or something like that. Well, I that think. seems like an awful saying. I'm not saying you made it, but <laughs> I mean, you said don't put lip. Wait, what was it? You can put lipstick on a pig, but it's still a pig. Yeah, that's I believe that's the saying. <laughs> you can put lipstick on a tomato, but it's still a tomato. Yes. But also, the tomato <laughs> shouldn't be in the picture to be put lipstick on. The tomato is three doors down, not the band, and away from the makeup chair where the lipstick is. Can't believe you're so anti-tomato. See, you 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 always do this. You uh <laughs> you you take my story and then you make it like, oh, you put clothes on bananas. Oh, you hate tomato. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that, you know, so I think of a taco, right? You got the shell, you got the salsa, you got your guac, you got your lettuce, you got the sour cream, you got the meat or plant-based um, filling. Tomato isn't there. It's in the salsa as a part of the salsa ingredients, but it's not a main player. So, like, if the taco's background had tortillas, I'm in. Guac, I'm in. Salsa, I'm in. It was tomatoes. Whole tomatoes. And it's a propaganda because they're trying to convince us, hey, us putting the tomato head on the taco, that's a normal thing. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That is not a normal thing. It works because it you gave the taco a head. You have to put something round on top of the taco. 
you give it a head. So I, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. But don't try and make me believe that tomatoes are on a taco because I feel like that's not the case. Would you say tomatoes are your kryptonite? I love tomatoes. Okay. Well, I guess I just feel here without you. Three doors down. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> I was wondering how many I could go for. I, I only know like what, like a handful of songs. So I was going to run out real fast. <laughs> yeah. I didn't catch the kryptonite thing until you said three, uh, the other one. And then I clicked. <laughs> Well, when I'm gone. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, <laughs> the Three Doors Down is not the numerical band that the Taco sang about. The Taco did a song by the Four Tops called Can't Help Myself. And I love this song. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is this song too long for your liking? No, this is perfect. This is one of the oldies songs I absolutely love. Actually, between the Four Tops and then the Bill Withers song, The Banana Did, I was very happy with the songs that were chosen in this episode. I think I really like oldies, is what I'm reminded yeah. of. I heard th all three of those songs for the first time tonight on The Mass Singer. What was the other one that was new for you? The first one we listened to. Are you serious? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, the what? Miranda Lambert song, yeah. Oh, man. Wow. We have very different music tastes. Oh, for sure. I mean, if when I can spot Lil Wayne with nothing else and you can <laughs> spot um, Dionne Warwick with nothing, I feel like that gives you all you need to know about our contrast and tastes. Yeah, true that. Yeah. Although I don't like T -P uh, Lil Wayne. I just like happen to listen to the genre. Um, that's not important. What's important is. The most outrageous thing about the backup dancers wasn't the fat suits, wasn't the chefiness. What was outrageous was that the dancers to this oldie were flossing and nay naying. Uh, but watch them nay nay. No, no. Yeah, I, that's I, a reference. It's watch me whip and watch me nay nay. That's a thing. I know it, that. So, I know that song. Yeah, oh, but you can't just do dances to songs that don't match. Uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I have apparently I'm learning that I'm very passionate about the tacos stance and performance and the dancers. Feeling you really a lot hate of the taco. Maybe the tacos your ops. No, the taco's not my ops. I mean, I love I love Tom Bergeron. I had an inkling it was him from the beginning. Very happy with the performances. I actually don't think the taco should have gone tonight. We'll get oh. there. Um, but so to sum up on the taco, actually, dancers were fine. You could tell that mid-performance, the audience got really into it. And that was promising to see. But ultimately, it was it was okay. You know, it was it was not as good as the kitties, even though it might have presented more razzle-dazzle than the kitties. I thought it was weaker. Yeah. Uh, so I, I was actually, I thought I was going to be more mad than I was in retrospect. <laughs> Does that make any sense? I thought I was going to come on here and be, oh my God, I can't believe the banana made it. But I'm actually happy with the decision that was made. I thought I was actually fine with the taco going. I, so in my notes, I wrote down, okay, I think taco's going, but I have a reason why I don't like that the taco went. Over the banana, and we'll get there when we talk about the bananas' uh, conversations and songs and stuff. But there's okay. a specific reason why I was annoyed. Okay. Yes. Um. So the bracelet for the banana, uh, the, the taco, came from or went to 
Nicole. And bracelet said kiss. And uh, when they saw Nicole in person, Nicole was perfect, which goes back to the dance being a perfect one done to a song by kiss, which very weird way to get there. I thought it was fine, actually. And I liked the phrasing. And I think that that's something I appreciate about the clues is that they're very specific with the phrasing sometimes. So, for example, to say, I saw you in person, you were perfect, implies something different than when we met for the first time. Right. So to see somebody in person is very different than, oh, when I met you for the first time. So I thought that that was actually really cool the way that they did the wording. So I was all right with it. Jenny kissing Howie Mandel, however, I was not okay with. Which, by the way, Howie Mandel, known germaphobe, kissed yeah. Jenny, the anti-vaxxer. What is even going on in the world? I mean, it could have been um, a situation where he did not know. It could have been a case of entrapment where he didn't know she was an anti-vaxxer till after the fact. Maybe. I don't know. The man notorious for fist bumping people on Deal or No Deal is now I am an expert and have watched several Deal or No Deals. Uh, Yeah, very odd. Very odd. I'm very intrigued what the story is behind that. I don't want to know. I do. Mm. Because curiosity. Mm, nah. Okay. No, thank you. I liked the tacos <laughs> final words. Yeah, you shouldn't trust first impressions and be a little nicer to each to each other. So I've decided from here on out, I'm gonna unops the banana, but we'll see how long that lasts. Okay. You've had some fighting words for the banana for a long time. So I know, but the banana won me over this week. Yikes. And thank you, Taco, for reminding me who I want to be as a person, which is to be a little nicer to each other. It, Except for Don McLean, who wrote the longest song in the history of ever. Jesus you, Christ. Okay, you can't pick and choose <laughs> when you want to use these wise words. How dare you? I'm like Gandhi. Yeah, very much so. In the same league. Yeah, I mean, essentially. Yeah, pretty much the same person. <laughs> Me, the Dalai Lama, and Gandhi all just like hanging out. One of these things is unlike the other. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> I meant the Dalai Lama, clearly. Oh, of course. Yes, of yeah. course. I will say that that was very nice. And that, that whole moment, and then right before when we cut to commercial, they're talking about how, oh, didn't Jerry Springer do that at the end of his, like, final words at the end of his show? And I thought, hey, this is all really good logic, but I'm sad to report that I know it isn't Jerry Springer, but that logic was great. But the Tom Bergeron clues were too strong. But that made me think, do you think Jerry Springer would ever do this show? I don't know. I have no idea. Is that Ooh. show still on? The Jerry Springer show? Yeah. I don't think so. I mean, Jerry Springer's pretty old now, right? I mean, how old? Okay. This is good. Now you take the mic while I do a little bit of Googling. Okay. I will talk about... Let me think of other foods that go in... Or, uh, yeah, other foods that go in tacos. Okay, you have cheese, maybe, I, unless you're like, you I'm, don't want me to list all the foods that go in tacos. <laughs> I think we've we've harped on the taco enough for one uh, okay. one sitting. <laughs> um, it looks like the show goes on and off. Like, it went on till 2018, so it went on for 27 seasons. That is a very long time. Yeah. 
And then after the cancellation of the show, it was announced that Springer would host a new courtroom show titled Judge Jerry, which premiered on September 9th, 2019. Oh, like Judge Judy. Yeah, which didn't we just find out Judge Judy's done done? Oh, well, RuPaul's going to be real upset. That's RuPaul's favorite show. (laughs) Oh, sorry, RuPaul. (gasps) It's filmed in front of a live studio audience in Stamford, Connecticut. That's not very far from me. Do you want to go? All right. We're going (gasps) to Judge Jerry. (laughs) Judge and Jerry. Jerry. Do they still chant Jerry at the beginning, you think? Uh, Well, we're going to find out. Oh, because like order in the court. I mean, it's fake court, but it's still court. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think all the rules still apply. Oh, okay. So the first, second paragraph on the wiki page, the signature Jerry Jerry Chan has been carried over to Judge Jerry. Hooray! <laughs> Only at the beginning of the show, never during the actual proceedings. Oh. Okay. Before we talk about the banana, I want to quickly mention that if you have any planning going on right now for any kind of traveling, Head over to robasawebsite.com slash travel. This link will have any potential offers that are on the table to help plan your next trip or your next vacation or your next work trip or anything in between, really. So that's robasawebsite.com slash travel. And now we'll take a message from a sponsor. And we're back. Like a bag on your back. It only takes 45 minutes to get to the tape where they tape Judge Jerry. Just FYI. So. Hooray. (laughs) Yeah, this definitely sounds like a great day trip. (laughs) It sounds like a total great use of my very limited time. (laughs) So what have you been doing in the States? You you know, went to a Judge Jerry taping. It was very nice. (laughs) you know like like everybody yeah. does <laughs> the sights the judge jerry stage <laughs> yeah jerry <laughs> egg 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 <laughs> well speaking of egg a performer that doesn't quite mesh well with an egg because i don't think you can mix a recipe with eggs and bananas that i can think of off the top of my head banana bread so speaking of egg Let's add some (laughs) banana to it and make it a banana bread. It's the banana. (laughs) It's the banana. Does banana bread have eggs in it? I just assumed. Oh, I I believe you. Yep, 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 yep. Two eggs beaten. Boom! Nailed it. Oh, man. Plus, for breakfast, you can have an egg and then you can have a banana. I don't know if that counts. Like fruit, fruit, fruit and and eggs. Plus, everyone is a banana fan. That's not correct that's what the banana said at the top of the package i'm not lying is the bananas conversation canon well that's what the banana said and you believe the banana your known ops but i said i take it back bananas no longer my ops i really liked this song and i liked the performance even though we got to see the mac tonight dancers back (laughs) okay so the banana has two lovely young bananas there to talk about him in the clue package and they talk about how he's such a great role model and he like one of the first instances they he took him go-karting or something and then he's been through a lot of heartburn i noticed that there was a spider on the table there was some like weird stand on the table and then there was a there was a jar of jam on the table 
did I, these li- link you anywhere give you anything the jam really stood out to me because it was clearly lit separately than the rest of the weird banana family ch- children i have no idea what it means though maybe jam is the name of like jeremy jam you got jammed it's like a person not the food necessarily it may refer to being in a jam or being friends with someone named jan which is very similar to jam or it's an acronym that stands for jason alexander michaels (laughs) that's that's better how about jamming on my planner um what where where did the o and the p go well no but just just the jamming part also that's a parks and recreation reference but it's when Leslie's filling out her dating profile and the Jeremy Jam thing got me thinking she's like what are what are your hobbies jamming on my planner which I love because that would also be one of my hobbies jamming on my planner you just got noped you just got noped (laughs) built a racetrack in the backyard did built the whole thing himself and yes been through a lot of heartburn which I assume it's supposed to be a pun and it actually refers to heartbreak no I don't think so Okay, it's somebody who literally has a lot of heartburn. I like think Ken someone, gets that. Someone who was probably like bigger, heavy set before, and is now lower set, smaller. And I think it goes okay. Back, I can't. Yeah. I can't tell if you're making a joke or you're being serious right no, now. I'm being serious. I think it's someone who's serious? been on a weight loss journey. Yeah. Really? Yeah. You think? Do you think it's one of the the comedian guys? And then they lost a lot of weight. Is that maybe what you think? I don't know any of them like their past to even know their future, like their present, really. But because I think about like someone like a Drew Carey who was definitely overweight in the early goings of his career, and now is like you know lean. So I think it's someone in that mold, but I can't quite figure out who. Uh, okay, no. I disagree with you. I feel like it is somebody who's been through a lot of heart. Ache, <laughs> maybe also heartburn. But, but why I not say gonna... heartache or break at that point? It just felt it's weird a to specific. I, I guess that makes more sense with the taco. Yeah, I feel like does ban- do bananas induce heartburn like that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. I've never, I've never had heartburn from bananas. I learned the hard way that if you eat like more than two bananas in one sitting, your stomach will hurt. And I was young and I had four and then I was like, oh no, this is awful. Why? I have so many questions. One, why did you eat four bananas at one time? I was like, I was hungry and there was a, there were bananas in the fruit bowl. And I was like, you know, this banana was good. Oh, this banana was also good. Oh, this one was also good. And then by the fourth one, I was like, just give me this. Like there was one left. And I think in my, uh, in, in my childhood, I was like, let me just finish it. Like, let me finish the set. You know, it's like, let me get the set. So I had four bananas and then I felt um, tummy, tummy burn for like a couple hours, but no heartburn to my knowledge. Have, have you had bananas since? Yeah, um, I gotta say, since I've moved out on my own, um, namely to Canada, I don't recall having bananas often because... Okay. Bananas are one of those things that I forget I have, and then they go bad, and then I don't want them. Okay, got it. Do you have bananas? Do I have bananas? 
Uh, I do not have bananas in my home right now. That's no, not, if that's, no. what, if that's what you're asking. Bananas is the question. Yeah, I, I, I guess I eat bananas. Yeah, but they're like we learned last week. They're high in carbs. But <laughs> have you felt heartburn? Through no, the I've never felt heartburn because of a banana. Okay. See, yeah. I think the banana went through heartburn. <laughs> so the banana was bigger before. Oh my gosh! Apparently. This got cut from the episode, but T-Pain made a bunch of dick jokes about the banana that had to be cut. And I'm so mad. I have never been more mad in my entire life, except for at whatever I complained about earlier. Can you believe I got to miss out on all the T-Pain banana dick jokes? Well, he did talk about the banana being what the inside of a minion would look like. So that was an odd thing he said. Yeah, that was weirdly apt. I got yeah. it. I understood what he was saying. I was like, yeah, no, that makes sense. It does look like the inside of a minion. Like if you peeled one back. No, very what? odd. I mean, yeah. Um, just because they're mm. both like yellow. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, there's nothing else yeah. that links them. Well, they're yellow and they're kind of like cylinder ish, you know? Yeah. Ish being yeah. the operative word there. Yeah. Okay. I'm sad we don't get the phallic banana jokes from T Pain, but I'm sure if you listen to his last album, One Up, there's plenty of phallic jokes in there too. Plenty of phallic jokes. Yes, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So I got. I love this performance. Go for it. Okay, first of all, yes, we get the backup dancers, which were the Mac Tonight's out tonight. Now they were in choir robes. There were five dancers on stage, and then on the back screen, there were like 20 extra dancers animated swaying back and forth, which was very weird. But all of that aside, I wrote, oh, this is actually good. So maybe it was low expectations that I went into the Bananas performance with, but I really enjoyed his interpretation of Bill Withers' Lean on Me. I thought it was very well done, and when I watched the performance in real time, I simultaneously thought, okay, I think the taco's out of here because I hadn't seen, we hadn't seen the frog yet and I felt the frog safe. So I was like, to me, this whole thing was a showdown between taco and banana. And I think banana took it here. The audience loved it. You could tell the buildup was good to when like all the dancing goes down. So that was good. And the voice was really decent. So no bad things to say about this performance, except for the, obviously the backup dancer, Mac Tonight folk. Yeah, I also have another thing to complain about is that the cheer for the banana still sounds like Nana, which sounds like you're cheering for your grandmother. And it really bothers me for some reason. Why? Always cheer on your grandmother. Go, Nana. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm not saying don't cheer for your grandma. Of course, cheer for your grandmother. But cheering for na- nanners, the banana, nanners, nana, that's that is because especially also because the banana is a partier, we know, apparently, and memory isn't what it used to be. And oh, maybe it is grandma. Go, nana. <laughs> Go, Go Nana. Nana. It's your birthday. Go Nana. Oh, okay. So the hand motions for the contestants. The person who went to the taping shared with me very detailed what the hand motions are. Would you like to hear them? Sure. Okay. Banana. Put the left hand out 90 degrees, palm facing towards you, thumb tucked, then use the right hand to peel the banana. No. Like you peel it. Like like that's to. your banana and then you 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 peel it. Wait, so left arm out 
90 degrees. Yeah. And then th- with the palm facing your hand, then, then you tuck the thumb. Yeah. So you have four digits in front of you. You're like, make it looks like a banana. So, and then you, you use your right hand to peel the banana. But then if I'm peeling everything, am I not left with the middle finger? Like, I don't understand. What am I oh, peeling? Like, do you peel back the fingers? Yeah, that's what I was doing. And I'm like, wait, you can't off. do this on TV. Oh, that's so much better, though. I was just faking peeling. I wasn't pulling anything oh, back. That's you, oh, your hand isn't the banana. Oh. Okay. You peel around it, I guess. I see. I was not yes. doing that. Okay, and then the tacos is we were told to make a T and then an O. Yeah. Right? So that one we knew. And then for the kitty, it was make paws and rub them across your forehead like a cat cleaning oh, itself. Oh, God, that's weird. <laughs> yeah. Those were the official instructions. Oh, and then the frog was webbed hands that move up and down. Yeah, that I don't makes sense. really know how to do that, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well... I gotta say, kitties is the worst one out of those for me. Or banana. Meow. <laughs> Bananas is pretty bad. But how yeah. could you even make a good banana one? I don't even know what that would be. I like mine, but it's not safe for TV. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um. So the ju- so okay. So I I teased this earlier about not liking a specific thing about the banana getting through. I thought the performance was strong enough that it could take it. What I didn't like is the banana getting the extra opportunity to talk about losing their father. Because now you have a sympathy vote thing in the mix. Obviously, I'm very sad to hear that. Like, that news is heavy enough that whenever you hear it, you like, it's sad. But to put that out on a competition like this, to me, just garners sympathy votes. And... This is a situation specifically where now that we're talking about it, I do think the banana had the stronger performance on the night, so it's fine, but I don't like that that was in there. I'm not mad at it because they all got an opportunity to talk. And if you remember the Raven, one part of her big story was I was didn't she lose her partner or something like that? Yeah, but that was in the clue packages, not post performance on the night. But it was still, it's, it's still part of her story, right? And so I think part of the story of the character, you get an opportunity to build who you are, what you want to convey to the judges. Mm-hmm. And so I think that this was, this was a choice, and I can't be mad at it. Okay. Well, the banana's bracelet went to Jenny McCarthy, and it said 90s on it. 90s. Did it just say 90s? 90s love, right? They said love. I think it was just because there were hearts next to it. I don't think it had anything to do with love. Like, I don't oh, think so. because from 90s love, I got the TV show. I love the 90s that was on VH1 back okay. in the day. OK, so it could be somebody who did commentary on I love the 90s. And I don't know if Jenny McCarthy did commentary on I Love the 90s. I genuinely can't remember. There were so many people that were on I Love the 90s. How many episodes was that? Well, they did. Okay, they did I Love the 90s. They did I Love the 90s Part Two. I think they did They did three of I Love the 80s. But okay. They, it's the one. Have you ever seen it? No. <gasps> have you, you haven't seen any of the I Love the 80s or I Love the 70s or I Love the New Millennia? No. 
Oh my gosh. That's where I learned everything about history. Screw my history class. I watched I Love the 80s and then I Love the 90s. It was essentially where you go through each year and then they would talk about what are the major events that happened that year. And actually in the I Love the 90s one, they did Jerry Springer's final thoughts on I Love the 90s and they would cover each year per episode. So they would do, oh, I Love the 90s, 1990. And then they would talk about everything that happened in 1990. So they covered things like Pretty Women and or and Twin Peaks and Ghost and MC Hammer versus Vanilla Ice and all of those types of things. And then they had a bunch of talking heads that would talk about it. It's what Moraka's on there and Michael Ian Black. Haven't we talked about this? Who have I talked about this with? Not me. Ah, anyway. Yes. So, so I did look it up because I think I actually have a guess for who the banana is. Okay. Okay. And I've been trying to put this together and this is the clue that finally did it for me. I think it's Brett Michaels. The poison guy? Yes. Why? Because, first of all, this stood out to me after been through a lot of heartburn in my life. Heartache. I have watched every single season of the Rock of Love show, including the season, the third season when they were on the tour bus. I did not watch the other Brett Michaels show that featured him later, but I did watch those three. So I know that he's been through several women because that's how the show works. Plus, he was in a relationship. He's got two kids. I have no idea if the go-karts make any sense, but he was also on I Love the 90s Part Do. Why do you keep saying it like that? Keep saying what? Like what? Part Do. Because that's how it's It's not Part 2. It's D-E-U-X. It's so it's Duh. Part duh. Oui, je <laughs> Why is there français. a can now? Because that's how they said it in the show. You know what? It's not important. The, the most important part is that I think, and it fits with my hairband theory, which is what I got stuck on. Because I was trying to think of who in a hairband, which poison totally fits, would be part of this. Okay. That's my thought. I don't hate it. Um, I think it's a strong guess. I don't have I, anything else to contribute or like validate. So I think right I now I will it's say the, this. Oh, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. Well, I will say this. I do have to think about it a little bit more, but that's what I'm getting. And it cut the voice. I could hear it. I mean, he was a big partier. It totally fits. I was looking for more rock of love clues. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> because that's what I know the most about Brett Michaels. I and then Daisy of Love, who because Daisy came in second place, spoiler alert, on the second season of Brett Michaels Rock of Love. She then had her own spinoff show, which I also watched that. Okay. I learned a lot. I have seen all of those love shows on VH1. The VH1 golden era of reality TV, like the mid 2000s, was such a wonderful time. I can't agree nor disagree because I didn't get Ugh. I didn't have VH1. I just didn't. Oh my gosh. I have so many TV shows for you to watch. I can't wait. Oh, oh no. my god. We have to watch Flavor of Love. Do, do, do we have watch to? Flavor of Love? I love New York. Rock. Yes. Okay, fine. We don't have to. But anyway, I think this is Brett Michaels to get back to the point of this. No, but like is it like must see TV? I think there's a lot of people out there that would agree with me. Meg Z included. Okay. So okay. off that endorsement, I'm in. And if we get added, then I'm more in. Okay. Everyone at Huyaism on Twitter no, and say no, that no, no, no. Yes, please, please. <laughs> you might get one if I'm lucky. 
<laughs> Come at me, people. <laughs> so Jenny was given the friendship bracelet, and the reason was we had a little chance to hang as friends. We had a great time, and I love you. You were an awesome person. When they were doing I Love the 90s together. There you go. So 90s love. That is a good guess. I mean, Larry the Cable Guy is not a good guess. Johnny Knoxville is someone who they're right. Honestly, they've said it enough. He's going to be on one of these. He could be in the next batch. We don't know yet. That's entirely possible. Yeah, I could totally see that. And then, uh, well, uh, the, the, the banana said I gave Jenny the friendship bracelet, which completely threw off her guess. Which is good. I guess. <laughs> I think. I don't <laughs> so then, last but not least, we get to what I would like to call the performer of the night. And it's the frog. The frog comes out, says, too ribbit, too quick. I've known frog since he was a tadpole. Uh, there was a shampoo and comb in the clue package. The, the invisible person took him to his first late night talk show. Even though it was past his bedtime was cool. There was a green bow tie and there was like a blue lily pad. And those were the clues. Did you make anything out of them? No, I don't. What did you say? Too ribbit to quit? Yeah. Like too legit to quit? Yeah. Like MC Hammer? Yeah, because in the beginning too of the clue package that was said and one of the judges said too ribbit to quit. Oh, MC, that's MC Hammer. Too ribbit to quit. There's like a hand motion for too legit to quit. I learned that in middle school. <laughs> that wasn't on uh, I Love 90s? No, it wasn't on I Love the 90s, no. no. I also did not get anything from this, but I think if we go with Bow Wow, yeah, everything kind of makes sense, especially pave the way for others. I think that that's totally good. Although all the Omarion guesses, I think, are also very good. Um, so oh, I, yeah, Omarion's so, a very strong guess because like last season, it was like, oh, Wayne Brady it could be like Tay Diggs. And those were two very close guesses that could have gone either way as well. Mm -hmm. So I think it's the same kind of nature here. Sorry, you were going to say something and I cut you off. No, I was just drinking water. Okay. All this complaining about stuff has made me thirsty. <laughs> 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 or fangirling over, over TV shows that are, what, 15 years old now? <laughs> yeah, that are apparently must-see oh, TV. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think the the bow tie, I, was, I just looked at it and I was like, it's a bow tie, because bow wow. <laughs> it's like, that's close <laughs> enough for me at this point. That's incredibly stupid, but I love it. Yeah, it's a bow tie. <laughs> A bow tie. Yeah. Oh, what are you wearing tonight? Oh, don't worry. I got my bow tie on. <laughs> so you didn't need to. You couldn't wear a bow tie for this next performance because the frog had bells on. This was a great performance. Uh, you dropped a bomb on me by the gap band. There was it was like all money motif. I think the frog is playing their character the best, which I very much enjoy. This like mobster frog with all the money. And then there's a vault in the background. Simple stuff, but I enjoyed it. And then I was over the background dancers when they were trying to like hand the bag of money to each other behind him. But then when they passed the money bag to the frog himself and the frog took over, I was good with that. But I'm done with the backup dancers doing weird things amongst themselves in the background. Like either what, like with the taco when the, the fat suit folk 
walked in a line with the taco, I enjoyed that because they're part of the performance. But when they're doing extra stuff in the back that has no link to the performer, then it just like makes my it's trying to pull my eyes away. And I don't want that. And then we saw the um, the frog do a little two step, do some like moonwalk esque movements. I think the frog has the best stage presence on the season for sure. This was my favorite performance of the night by far. And I do think last week I said I don't see him being in the the Fox uh, zone. They met, the judges mentioned it on this episode that he is. And after this performance, I'm ready to say that this is the Fox of the season. Really? I I I almost want to disagree with you even more because you feel so strongly about it. I thought it was fine. This I didn't think great. anything. Spe- I thought that he's very, very clearly a talented dancer, but I thought it was fine. The performance. I really agreed with you with the backup dancers just mm-hmm. doing their own thing, which is very distracting. It reminded me of the cheese that was being thrown around by Dion yeah. backup dancers. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why. I don't understand why they hit him on the head with the bag of money. And then I expected more when the thing was going to explode at the end when he pushed down the. I thought it was going to launch like fireworks or some kind of some sequence that didn't happen. Yeah. What happened with the bag? What's of money? What was the story that was trying to be told? I really didn't get it. It was very distracting. That's what I took from it. Okay. So he's a mob boss who. His minions stole money while wearing suits like leotards made of money. (laughs) They stole money. Then they fought over it in the background for a bit before handing it to the mob boss. The mob boss then proceeds to blow something up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I find I just for me. Last week, my big critique was I don't think that the song, even though I I enjoy when they, you know, take a genre and bend it, I didn't think it was performed that well. But I think this uh, this performance in particular, you had the dancing, the song was good. The frog controls the audience, unlike anyone we've seen on the show before, gets them involved, gets them chanting, prompts them. These are things that are important, especially if we go back to the the live audience feedback that we've gotten that being there, you want that energy, that attention paid to you. And I think working the audience is very important. And I think it's one of the reasons why the white tiger made it as far as they did. But I think the frog is someone who maybe doesn't have as strong of a voice as the Fox did, but he's got the dance, got the stage presence, got the motif and the character down. I think the frog is going to make it far. I do. I don't know if I'm quite ready to say that it's going to be, you know, winner contention yet. We'll have to see the next batch, but I'm feeling relatively strongly. I think this is a situation where I totally see the logic behind it. Mm-hmm. I totally see why, if you're the studio audience, why you would enjoy this type of, of performance. It's just not my cup of tea, but I get it. So what is your cup of tea? I really like the bananas performance this week. It was my favorite. Who are you? I don't even know anymore. <laughs> I look in the mirror and all I see is banana. <laughs> uh, LB. It's terrible. I I know. I've it's an LB all along. It's mm-hmm. crazy. Mm-hmm. 
I the performances I like the most are are ones that I think are able to do both that have both a fun performance and also have a strong vocal presentation. And to be honest, this season in comparison to the last two hasn't really brought it in the same way. In the vocal department, no. I think there's a couple of factors. One is obviously there's more of them. And the way they've split them, I think they've clearly split like two very strong vocalists in each batch and then um, there's a lot more like you're noticing a lot more of the not as good vocalists on as a result, but I am intrigued because I think I th- I'm feeling I'm sensing that this season the entertainers are making it further than the vocalists. You think more so. Even even more so. Yeah, outside of the chalk, like, seasons. your voice is amazing, you're, like, Turtle, you're great, you're going, Kangaroo, you're great, you're going. Um, You know, we think of, so right now, I guess Banana's voice isn't that bad either. It kind of goes back to just, like, the White Tiger being, like, the one outlier. Right. And I think everybody is an okay singer There's the, that's left, right? I don't think that anybody here, except for my White Tiger, uh, that's, oh my gosh, the, they definitely don't deserve to be here. I'm so fine with everybody being here. Who was, so Ninja, the ice cream, was not a good singer, I would argue. But I thought Ninja two. was, I don't know. I don't know. I'd have to go back and rethink. But I also think that Egg should not have been sent home. No. Because I thought Johnny Weir was a better singer than that. So. Who did the Egg show down against to lose? I uh, pineapple maybe no Dude, pineapple was in the season prior <laughs> <laughs> didn't I tell you how am I supposed to remember anything that happened a couple of weeks ago let alone seasons ago this is why Mike Bloom always never ceases to amaze me he just somehow remembers everything I'm like dude I can barely remember what I ate earlier today they don't oh, call goodness. him Mike the deep pull bloom for nothing Ugh, goes full bloom honestly i can't even remember okay all right i'm gonna look it up okay all right you take the microphone all right let me grab the mic um one two one two so we um finish off with the frog by having people really 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 enjoy this the um, the frog mentions that they lost their love for music and they wanted to quit at one point he uh, got a bracelet for t-pain that said all we do is win which was obviously a nod to his song. I was going to go check and see if he's featured on that track, Bow Wow is, but I didn't. So that's my bad. And uh, then Omarion was, I guess, obviously. So actually, this I need your commentary on. Did you enjoy the fake out of them teasing Ken that, hey, Ken, maybe your daddy, Nick Cannon, got you a bracelet? Did you enjoy this back and forth or was it no, no? It was fine. I'm just nervous for three weeks from now when we're going to get the conclusion to this gift story of will Ken ever get he a won't. gift? He he, you don't think? No. You don't think the la- the very, very last one will be for Ken? No, I think what will happen is, so here's my prediction. So they do this stuff and then Ken's waiting. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's my turn to get a gift. It's the last one. And it's going to be for the guest judge. And the guest judge is going to see him. Like, oh, my God. Blah, 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 blah. And then they're going to be like, hey, Daddy Nick Cannon, which, yikes, um, did you get him a gift? And Daddy Nick Cannon will be like, no. And like, aw. And then the guest will be like, I guess I'm the daddy now because I got you a gift, Ken Jong. And Ken Jong's going to get a gift from the 
guest judge. So that's my prediction. <laughs> oh my God. Ken Jong's going to be like, bequeath me a gift, daddy. No, no. <laughs> bequeath me, daddy. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> also, the egg lost to the skeleton. Oh, Paul Schaefer. Okay. Well. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> yeah. I, I I was very okay with it when I thought it was Steve Buscemi, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah. So in my notes at this point, I wrote, "All right, I think the taco is donezo." That's good rhyming by me. It should be the banana, though. I would not be mad if it's the banana. And then we got a thing again. We got a thing at the beginning of the show and here where it was like, "Be careful with your votes." You know, Dion Warwick went last week. We got the same thing again. At the start of the show and here, which I was like, okay, we come on. Like, are That's you warning? Completely unfair. Yeah. Like, stop it. <laughs> you you have to talk to the audience there, and we know that you can't because you'd be in the past. Yeah, exactly. Essentially, you're putting the entire blame on the audience, being like, oh, but see, it's, it's their fault. It's their fault. They Time traveling Nick Cannon was not able to get back in time to give them a warning on what people from the future were mad about when Dionne Warwick went home. <laughs> like, it seems really shady. I actually really don't like it at all. Just and own up to it. Like, that's the way it is. If, if you feel like everybody's mad about everything, then clearly there's a problem with the way the performances of the judging or something is going on you know what yeah. i'm saying yeah you no know I'm, I'm saying no i mean definitely no, i mean so yeah not a fan of that um but you know knowing that this season is well underway this isn't gonna stop and it's gonna keep going so then next time when we lose night angel to the rhino and then everyone's mad they're gonna be like listen you guys vote be be, be careful you voted out the night angel so yeah, oh man, I'm I'm excited for our last group. Yeah, we'll talk about them um right at the end here, but basically Barry Manilow was Nicole's guest, Martin Short was Kenan Robbins, again, someone else who's been mentioned multiple times on the show. Kelsey Grammer was T Pains, and then Jerry Springer was Jenny's. It was Tom Bergeron. We found out that the Bob Saga was a friend in the package. And I felt sad. Um, I was very into Tom Bergeron throughout his uh, tenure on the show, even though I thought the tacos costume was awful, um, fun, but awful. And, uh, yeah, you know, uh, I did not know Tom Bergeron had pipes like that, but I'm glad we figured him out. Yeah, I was really impressed. And it seemed like he was having a lot of fun, which yeah. again is something that I very much appreciate. He was just smiling ear to ear when they took the mask off. I thought that was really cool. For me, that's the most important trait is if you can tell they're happy to be there, then I'm happy for them. Exactly. And then so I went ahead and looked at the unmasked interview that Tom Bergeron did on YouTube. He said the reason he wanted to do the show is because so many people he worked with work on the show and the prospect of being in their midst and fooling them would be fun. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah. a neat motivation. Yeah, and then he mentioned he was relieved when he got unmasked. He mentioned how oh. hard it was to um, have the mask on. Uh, we, I've learned that with these unmasked interviewers, they kind of recycle the same stuff. They're like, oh, my God, my helmet was like heavy and it was hard. It was like, you know, he mentioned I did a I worked a lot doing this, like more than I've ever worked before. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, these are intense costumes. They're no joke. Yeah, and intense schedules from what we understand with all the like the driving and the rehearsals and the masks and the hide me and all that. Right. Yeah, it's very intensive. Yeah. And the clues that he unveiled, they're talking about. Obviously, the VHS is where America's Funniest Home Videos. The anchor was him being he's uh, he did some talk show hosting and was a guest anchor on Good Morning America for a while. So, oh, okay. Yeah. The M.E. on the menu was actually the two Emmys. So I thought that was really cool that Nicole figured that out. Mm-hmm. And then he did end this again with also some more final words. He said, we all wear masks. We're more complicated than first glance. So just be a little nicer to each other. It behooves us all to do that. Oh, see, I feel so inspired. Maybe I should put that on my quote board instead of Polly Calafiore's keep feeding the positive and stay crushing. I it. think it shouldn't have taken you this long to find something better, <laughs> but I'm glad you did. And I'm glad Tom Dude. Bergeron was the one that brought you there. Yeah, I think I'm going to quote the taco, though, and not Tom Bergeron. <laughs> that's fine. I think that's allowed. I'll put it both. I'll put I'll put taco, a.k.a. Tom Bergeron. You got that much room on your quote cork board? Uh, I have tiny letters. I have big letters and tiny letters, so I could use the tiny letters. Big letter, little letter. Okay. Now, we have a couple questions. Are you down to answer some before we uh, get out of here? Let's do it. Perfect. So, Sarah had two questions, or no, three questions. If it was a final six instead of a final nine, who would win? Question mark. Who would be first out? Question mark. So let's answer this one first before we answer the next one. So if the final six was the turtle, the kangaroo, the white tiger, the banana, the kitty, and the frog, who would be the first out of that bunch and who would win? Oh, God. Uh, okay. I got to keep track of everybody. This is so complicated. Um, I would assume the white tiger would go out first, but what the hell do I know? That's it's probably yeah. going to be someone else like the kangaroo and i think the turtle could win i think the turtle is the strongest contender on the board right now vocally i think the frog is up there i think the kitty's up there oh my god i think the kangaroo's up there basically (laughs) i think the banana and the white tiger would be on in the bottom and one of them two would definitely be first out and then for the winner i would I don't want to I won't say the same as you I'll say the kitty I'll be different I'll say the kitty would win mm-hmm. okay. I think again it really comes down to song choice and it does performances all right I, okay here's the thing because we have no oh my gosh this person is absolutely amazing standout it means that the race for the top is actually very competitive and is very close because you don't necessarily have those standouts which actually kind of makes it pretty exciting to see who's gonna win you know how in um singing competition shows they have like Oh, this was 80s week here at American Idol and everyone did an 80s song. I wonder if that would level the playing field a little bit because make it thematic. I don't know. There's still a lot of options, though. Oh, Brett Michaels would be like, oh, I got this. Yeah, <laughs> if it is him. So that's what I'm saying is that if they did that, that would level it out. It would also force people to like do songs out of what would be known as their comfort zone. Perhaps, yeah, but it would have to be later when you have people that are maybe more serious about it. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, also, they are celebs, so I feel like getting them, you know, having done, like, a mass survivor thing, it's like, if if they say yes, let them do what they want. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Like, thank you so much for being on this show. We appreciate you. 
Okay, so Sarah's other question was, what costumes are you most looking forward to for the next group? So, Liana, we've got the astronaut, the bear, the rhino, the swan, the T-Rex, and the night angel. Which one am I most excited for? Yes. The astronaut looks really cool. Mm-hmm. It's true. Uh, but night to angel. be on- to be honest, okay, Night Angel is freaking terrifying. Yeah. So scary. yes, I am excited. I am equally terrified. Mm-hmm. But I have to be honest, the T Rex is the one mm-hmm. I'm most excited for. It's got these doofy little arms, which I assume it the cheer is going to be that. I assume it can move them normally. It's not sort of restricted to T-Rex movement. But for some reason, it seems to be dressed in like 1600s attire, which doesn't make any sense. Like a Renaissance T-Rex? Yeah, it's very Renaissance, uh, which, oh, yes, of course, the T-Rexes that were known for their Shakespearean times (laughs) or something. I, I don't I don't know, but I'm looking forward to it. It was showcased along the elephant at the Natural Museum, History Museum of L.A. on February 1st. That was the first time we saw the T-Rex. Fun fact. I, wait. Oh, the mask. Yes. Ah, yes. Yes. Okay. I feel like I knew that. Okay. You knew that and you didn't tell me? What? Well, uh, <laughs> I'm uh, kidding. It's not a thing. <laughs> Oh, okay, I thought I was in trouble. Like, banana, I don't know. <laughs> I am stoked to see um, the Night Angel is terrifying, but I need to see this up close to like see what's going on. I think the T-Rex is going to have the easiest crowd gesture that we can think of for sure. And I think Astronaut does look cool. Not going to lie, that does look cool. I think Bear looks meh. And I think the swan is this season's flamingo, and I don't quite care for it. Okay, it's definitely more 1500s. Sorry, for the T-Rex. I just want to oh. make sure I get my... Yeah, get your arrows right. My period clothing correct. Yeah. 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 The <laughs> swan, I know you're going to hate. I know you've complained about it. I know you're going to hate it. I'm going to have to deal with you complaining about something that I don't care about. So you deal with me with me complaining about stuff that you probably don't care about. So I'll suck it up. But I don't hate it like you do. and. It's not that bad. It looks bad. Okay. <laughs> and I'm actually stoked for the rhino. And here's why. The rhino's outfit looks very Jumanji the movie to me. That's and what I said. It looks like, what's his face? Um, The Jonas brother. Which yeah, one? that one. Nick. It looks like Nick Jonas when he's in the movie. It does. But I'm holding out, because I don't think a Jonas brother would be on this show. I'm holding out the teensiest bit of hope. That this is Restarby. Just the teeniest hope. Because that would be awesome. Maybe. May- maybe. I-, I could potentially see it. Def's not a Jonas brother. <laughs> and welcome to Jumanji. <laughs> <laughs> so I would be down for that. So yeah, Rhinos looks cool. Rhinos looks like a pilot. So that's nice. That's nice. I think, again, nice. I think the bear looks the most budget out of everybody. The bear does look the most budget. It's yeah. not as bad as the penguin from two seasons ago. No, that was last season. Last season ago. <laughs> last season ago. You know what? You know what the bear's hands look like? Those paws. I think I had like, like fuzzy scarves. No, I've seen scarves that have ends that are like that that you can put your hands through. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's a normal thing. No, 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 no. I I think I know what you're talking about. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. It looks like a repurposed couch, like a 70s, like, no, or like a shag carpet. Like, what can we yes. do with this mix, this blend? Oh, yeah, you know what? I heard two doors down, the mass Singer costume department is looking for some stuff. Let's just drop these off. Are you sure it wasn't three doors down? It was definitely <laughs> not three doors down. I'm not, I can't, no, no. <laughs> uh... <laughs> I got the joke, Liana. <laughs> well, the road I'm on. <laughs> Do you, okay, be honest. Do you have their discography open in front of you? I right had to now? Google it just now I because, yes, it. I was out of three doors. I, I yeah. <laughs> you did one at too many. And I knew something was up. <laughs> I know. I because I knew the other ones and then I was out of jokes and I wanted to make another one. I was like Icarus, they flew too close to the sun. <laughs> okay. And one last question before we get out of everyone's hair here. So Tim asks, We've seen eight guys on four women. Do you think the last group will correct that gender imbalance? Can't really see it going five females, one guy to get to nine, nine. So I hadn't noticed this until I saw this question. And then I looked into it and yikes. Yeah, no, I mean, I 100% noticed. Also, if you look at the final three from each group, it's one woman, one One woman woman, and two 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 men. Yeah, it was the final three for uh, the finale of season uh, season two as well. I mean, we've had two male winners and we already are coming in with a big male to female uh, disparity. Yeah. Also, the winner of the Mass Singer AU was male. Thankfully, oh my god, UK broke Mass Singer it. UK. Yeah, oh, because if the hedge, well, whatever. Okay, so I won't get into that right now. The yes, it is a concern. It is very much a concern for me, and I am nervous because I think even when we have equal men and women, the women still, for some reason, struggle when you have the men, and it's so freaking weird because you have a taco a banana and still somehow they're gendered and still somehow it is like makes a difference in the performances it's so freaking frustrating ah deal with your own internal biases people (laughs) yeah i'm not a fan of the disparity i feel like you're giving us 18 give me nine and nine um and don't stack the deck so that being said, I'm looking at these costumes. I can't, I think Bear and Swan, I think, are women. Night Angel. Night Angel, that's three. Could the astronaut be? I mean, yeah, it's definitely possible. Yeah. Uh, the, but it's, I mean, this is going to sound absolutely insane to say that this this is gendered in some way, <laughs> but it doesn't have eyelashes. So how can you tell it's a woman? <laughs> <laughs> As we learn with Miss Monster. Do. Oh my God. Yeah. But like everything is like that. Oh, like <laughs> whatever, whatever, bruh. <laughs> the T-Rex, I will say, I think is probably a male. A dodo Because male. looking at fashion from the 1500s, that seems to be a more traditional male dress. <laughs> But you become a 1500 specialist all of a sudden. (laughs) Based on my cursory Googling. (laughs) However, we did have Seal, which was very wonderful. uh, And the leopard costume. So you never know. You never know. Okay. Well, that about wraps up all the Masked Singer conversations we're going to have today. 
Um, just before we start talking about what's coming up, if you are a fan of the podcast and you like what you're hearing, please go ahead and leave a rating or review for us. It always helps. It really does. At robhasawebsite.com slash masked singer. One word. Now, Liana, where can people find you and what are you up to? You can find me on social media at Liana Boris. So speaking of Fox shows, my sister and I got back together to talk about Lego Masters. We covered episodes two, three and four. So that is out there if you're interested in any Lego Masters coverage. I'm also doing the RHAP B&B with Mike Bloom. Our guest this week is the wonderful Matt Ligori, which should be a lot of fun. I'm actually I'm actually really excited. I have some Mad Libs prepared. Spoiler alert, which I'm looking forward to. Mad Libs. Matt Libs, Taco Libs. Nope, not a thing. What? Okay, what? and then I'm also doing RuPaul's Drag. <laughs> shut up, shut up. I'm also doing RuPaul's Drag Race season <laughs> season twelve at its uh, second premiere. Uh, it's coming out. It's out. Maybe whatever. Anyway, look out for that. Brent, welcome on. Maman and myself are all getting together to talk about the amazing season that is RuPaul's Drag Race season twelve. So much goodness, and you can find me. On social media on all major platforms at Puyaism. Um, I can no longer say I'm doing nothing because Big Brother Canada 8 is officially here and we've already got the premiere. I think the second episode is going on right now as we record, so I'll be catching that later. But you can catch me on Fridays doing the morning updates with Taryn, uh, talking all the Big Brother stuff going on there. Very excited. Cast looks good. I'm excited. Here for that. And um, this week, I will be appearing on another podcast. I will be talking Riverdale with the uh, wonderful Mary Kwiatkowski and Kirsten McInnes over on the Kowski Cast Network, talking Archie Andrews, Betty and Veronica, Jughead, and uh, what a bombastic show this has become. So that'll be fun. You can check that out as well. Also, if you have not become a patron of Rob Has a Podcast, what are you waiting for? We put out so much amazing content and Rob Has a Podcast is supported by Patreon. And so that seriously supports Rehap Ups. That's why we're all here today because of the patrons of Rob Has a Podcast. Plus, you get a bunch of cool benefits. You get extra podcasts. You get extra videos and you get access to the Facebook group, which we and I are a part of. So you can come ask us questions, talk everything Mass Singer. Definitely do it. Wait till the first of the month to become a patron, because then that way your benefits start right away. You get charged right then and join us for all of the amazingness that is being a patron of Rob has a podcast. Until Group C comes along. This has been me, the grilled cheese. And Liana, the baguette, we will unmask you next week with six brand new performers. Until then, take care and adios. This is Rob Sesternino thanking you for listening to this episode of our reality TV wrap ups. Shows like this are made possible because of you, the listener, and the support of our RHAP patron community, connecting reality TV fans around the globe. To start getting access to all of the perks of becoming a patron, visit us at robhaswebsite.com slash patron. Hope you enjoyed the show.